0: Hi, this is Ray Boland for ID the Future, the podcast for Discovery Institute Center for Science and Culture. And today we have Dr. Mike Behe with us, who's professor of biochemistry at Lehigh University and the author of Darwin's Black Box and The Edge of Evolution, and is now the subject of a new documentary called Revolutionary. And we're going to play a short clip to start our podcast now, and we'll join you in just a few minutes.
1: 2009 marked the bicentennial of Darwin's birth and the 150th anniversary of his landmark book On the Origin of Species. Around the globe, supporters of Darwin planned a year-long celebration. In Germany, one of the largest Darwin anniversary events took place in the city of Stuttgart at its State Museum of Natural History. The exhibition was directed by German paleontologist Gunther Beckley,
2: one of the museum's curators. We had about 100,000 visitors and the complete exhibition together with the program that was accompanying this uh, exhibition was one of the largest, if not the largest event uh, in the course of the Darwin Year celebrations in Germany. Beckley
1: decided to use the exhibition not just to celebrate Darwin's theory, but to make clear to the public that there was no debate about Darwin's ideas among scientists. In order to refute the growing idea of intelligent design, Beckley
2: decided to include a display on the bacterial flagellum. The reason why we selected the flagellum as the poster child to basically expose intelligent design was that the bacterial flagellum has a kind of iconic status. We built a mobile model of the bacterial flagellum and had this animation to show that it could originate naturalistically. The exhibit highlighted the Type 3 secretion needle
1: complex as an explanation for how the flagellum could have evolved. In addition to an exhibit about the flagellum, Begley came up with a display to dramatize for visitors the overwhelming scientific evidence for Darwin's theory. It was a balance with books on it.
2: And the plan was on one side of the balance, we would have all the books against evolution, books by creationists, intelligent design proponents. And on the other side of the balance, we would have one book, The Origin of Species, but the balance goes down on the side of the one book because this is the real heavy evidence. But the display didn't have quite the result Beckley intended. And I made one big mistake. I read the books on the lightweight side, the apparent lightweight side. And what I recognized to my surprise is that the arguments I found in those books were totally different from what I heard either from colleagues or when you watch YouTube videos uh, where the discussion is around intelligent design versus neo-Darwinian evolution. And I had the impression on one side that uh, those people are mistreated, their position is misrepresented, and on the other hand that uh, these arguments are not really receiving an appropriate response and they, they have merit. One of the books Beckley read was Darwin's Black Box. I read Darwin's Black Box where he basically introduces this uh, concept of irreducible complexity.
1: Beckley soon realized that proposed Darwinian explanations for the origin of the flagellum didn't work. The Type 3 secretion needle complex was no help because
2: it probably developed after the flagellum. This is a reduced flagellum motor and not a precursor of a flagellum motor. In addition, the suggestion
1: that natural selection could have gradually built a flagellum by co-opting parts
2: from other systems didn't make sense. It is graphically convincing, but if you know the ontogenesis of the, the flagellum motor, then it, it is completely ridiculous. It cannot You cannot build the flagellum by just adding outside of the cell wall some, some protein elements on it and make the, the flagellum longer and longer. Uh, this kind of scenario doesn't make sense in terms of the ontogenesis of the, the structure. Like Behe, a couple of decades earlier, Beckley began to dig deeper. And so when I read those books on, on intelligent design, and, and the books by Mike Behe and, and Bill Damsky, and uh, the, the book by S- Steve Meyer were not uh, existing then, uh, so um, I thought there is some merit to it and I made Contact with uh, some of the representatives of the intelligent design movement. The next thing I found out is that they are much different from what I expected. They are open-minded. They are, they are not religious fanatics who try to push a kind of theocratic system onto society uh, under the uh, label of, of of intelligent design. They are really interested. Is this Neo Darwinian story really true, or is there scientific reason to doubt it? Beckley didn't fit the usual stereotypes of a Darwin skeptic. So many people will think somebody who comes to doubt the Neo Darwinian process and, and embraces intelligent design probably was religious from the very beginning, probably is an evangelical. Christian and has his axe to grind, his, his religious axe to grind. I came via a totally different path to the views I hold now. I'm coming from a family background which is totally secular, agnostic, was not baptized, didn't uh, uh, join any kind of religious education, never went to church, so I was completely irreligious was not even interested for most of my life in in philosophical or metaphysical questions. I was interested in nature, in animals, and in natural sciences.
1: Beckley publicly disclosed his support for intelligent design for the first time in 2015.
0: Okay, well, as the clip mentioned, Gunter Beckley is a German paleontologist and is a curator for the State Museum of Natural History in Stuttgart, Germany. And as the clip indicated also, he has read Darwin's Black Box and has begun to take things and think about evolution a little bit differently. So, Dr. Behe, have you had any further interaction with Gunter Beckley after he read your book?
3: Yeah, I, I met him once in Germany. I was over there on a trip and a meeting was arranged and I got to meet him in person, and he's a very cordial fellow, very, very intelligent, uh, impressive guy.
0: Well, considering he, he seems to be on the road to making a change, the fact that he's even appeared in this documentary, Revolutionary, kind of paints a target on his back. Can you talk to us a little bit about, from your own experience, what you think he can expect?
3: Well, he can expect some controversy, I'm afraid. A lot of people feel very, very strongly about the topic of intelligent design, and not all of them positively. In particular, the scientific community has uh, had a collective emotional response to the topic, and a number of national science organizations have spoken out against it, and I have known a number of scientists and students, graduate students, postdocs, who have had action taken against them simply for supporting intelligent design or or even thinking that intelligent design was an intriguing idea. And so I hope that things are a little calmer over in Germany, but ask listeners to keep an ear out and keep an eye out to, to... See how Gunter's situation develops over time and uh, write your representatives or congressmen or whoever, <laughs> ambassadors, and point out that a scientist should be free to follow the evidence where he thinks it leads. Mm. And I was going to say in that film clip, which I've seen, one of the interesting things, very interesting things to me is, is Gunter's remarks that when he hosted the Darwin exhibition, in the darwin year of uh 2009 the 150th anniversary he decided to read the intelligent design books that were part of the exhibit as foils for darwin's origin of species that they were so much uh less reliable than that and he read them and he said that they were completely different from what he expected based on stories he had read based on things he had read from scientific organizations as well as the mainstream media. And that's been my experience too. When intelligent design is discussed by the public media, it is caricatured. It is not presented as intelligent design proponents present it. It's set up as a straw man, oftentimes, so that it can be more easily knocked down. So you can't make people read something. You can't make them Mm -hmm. treat you honestly. So the best we can do is continue to speak out. But I would like to say to any open-minded scientists who happen to see the film or come across Gunter's reaction that this might be uh, a good idea for other folks, too, that perhaps what you've heard about intelligent design isn't quite reliable. If you have not checked out the original sources, if you haven't read the original books that ID proponents have read, because in such a a, a um, fraught topic, such an emotional topic, you can't really rely on other people to summarize things for. You've got to go and read things for yourself, and I would encourage everybody to do mm. such a thing.
0: Well, you know, part of what I hear you saying is that there will certainly, I think, always be the diehard Darwinian dogmatists who... Really aren't that interested in the evidence. They're only interested in preserving that Darwinian paradigm. But what I'm also hearing you saying is that despite the possibility that there could be a rocky road ahead, there could be some uh, difficulty, some challenges, as the sports world likes to say, some adversity uh, coming your way. I seem to hear you saying that it's worth it.
3: Oh, absolutely i I think a majority of people who get into science and everybody who's interested in science wants to know the truth about the the world you know that's that's why we study it. so the great majority of scientists will want to be correctly informed about an important matter such as that and so if you have this desire to know what's going on in the world, then it's worth it. you know it's worth people. Sneering at you or or otherwise being unpleasant, because who wants to live with a, a you know a a fairy tale version of of reality something else i'm hearing you comment
0: about in a little bit is that if you 're really going to want to form an opinion about something like intelligent design and what it 's trying to say or accomplish, you really need to read the books by the people who are involved in it, not necessarily the reviews written by those who are trying to squash it or suppress it. In other words, anymore today, when a new book comes out, you can go to Amazon or other places where books are reviewed by viewers and readers, and it gets to be quite a gamesmanship of one-upsmanship of who can write the worst review. And so what I hear you saying is make sure you read the original stuff.
3: That's right. If you're going to take the trouble to be informed about it, if you want to have a considered opinion about this important topic, it is so fraught with emotion that you can't really rely on somebody else. Even somebody who is not intentionally trying to distort intelligent design, and unfortunately there are enough of those folks around, but even somebody who just has a much different point of view, the one that can't accommodate consideration of intelligent design, they'll oftentimes write it from a perspective that is so alien to it that they simply can't convey the argument itself. So yeah, it's always best to read the original. You oftentimes are surprised and don't even recognize the work like Gunter Beckley did. Don't even recognize what the uh, description of it uh, from secondary sources once you read the original. And you might find it more reasonable, more rational, more persuasive than you might have been led to believe. Well, Dr. Behe, thank you again for being with us
0: today on ID the Future, and we'll be speaking another time, and I hope our listeners will look forward to that as well. So thank you very much.
3: Yeah, my pleasure. This program was recorded by Discovery Institute's Center for Science and Culture. ID the Future is copyright Discovery Institute 2016. For more information, visit intelligentdesign.org or idthefuture.com.